You are listening to Get Real Podcast. What happened to your southern accent? Where did that go? For the record, I didn't know that you were going to do anything <laughs> like that. I couldn't bear more than about 35 seconds of it. I have no idea, man. I sounded, I don't know. I like a southern accent. I didn't, maybe it was something wrong with the recording device. I think, I think it was the compressors at the radio station oh, that we were at. They goodness. souped up the, the southern accent in you in a little uh, bit there. I mean, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The word, though, that you had in 2002 is so applicable today in 2020. And did you notice how it's the same set of numerals, 2002, just reverse them around a little bit, you get 2020? Oh, did isn't not, it, did not, but... Uh, isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cool. I couldn't listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will eventually, but I was like, oh. No, I have more tapes, and what we can do, you can get even, is we can put on a video of me in those hideous clothes I wore when we did the television oh, show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, I got some video, brother. Okay. No, that's good. I want to talk some more about numbers, calendars, sky clocks, where we're at, where we're going, and what I believe is going to happen in the next few months moving into 2021. And to do that, there's three calendars that we need to take a look at. Here's the problem. Timekeeping is an inexact science. It's not exact at all. Measuring days, it's impossible because the Earth, as it travels around the sun, its velocity changes, so the experts say. Hmm. But we know that because when you take a look at the stars, they're never really exactly in the exact same position because of celestial aberrations caused by the Earth changing its velocity around the sun. So really, to kind of get an idea of where we're at, we need to take a look at three calendars. Are you ready for the three calendars we need to take a look at? Uh, I am, and I'm going to play along because my cosmology is in flux. <laughs> I know, you I know. know that, so so I'll be please like, play along. Interesting. I, I don't. I really don't know, and and that's part of the thing. People would be like, well, "These guys are Christians. Why do they go into the weird stuff?" It's because. I don't want to hear the mystery. It's because you're weird. Yeah, it's because you're weird, yeah. But I don't want to hear, have the mystery sucked out of the scripture for me. And when the Bible says that I can look at the creation and I can understand God's uh, divinity, his power, his Godhead, that's a big deal. Well, when you look at creation, that's what all of the civilizations have done to try to figure out where they're at in this cosmos. They've looked towards the stars, and that's what they've based their calendars on. Yeah. It would, it every civilization has done that. Every single century was not blessed with the written down word. We're very accountable. We have oh, yeah. we have it written. They were looking and wondering. And if it ended up that they followed after treachery and the base part of man, the Bible says it's a strong word, Glenn. Oh, it is. Without excuse. Totally. Because the things that were seen and what was made, it that's saying that that was enough to get the basics. Yeah. So here are the three calendars we need to look at. Number right. one, number one, number one, number one, the Gregorian calendar. Domini, 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 eat a Domino's pizza. Uh, I do like Gregorian chants. Yeah. They're very beautiful. The second calendar we need to take a look at is Shalom, <laughs> the Hebrew Oy calendar. Vey. Oy okay. vey. All right. Third calendar is dogs underwater. Dogs underwater. You've seen that calendar? I'm only kidding. Oh, what is dogs underwater? I it's, didn't get that. It's the cool calendar with all the dogs underwater for the pictures for each month. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's, I didn't it's know a really cool calendar. Okay. Yeah, it's a cool one. No, I'm just joking around. The third one that we need to take a look at, here we go, people, is the Mayan calendar. Wow. Yeah. But there's a lot of mysteries involved in all of these calendars. So to prevent people's minds from exploding and melting down, we're just going to take a look at the mysteries of the Gregorian calendar today with a little smidgen of the mysteries of the Hebrew calendar. And, and I'm just, Glenn, I have my notes up here. Uh, your notes are awesome and, you. and they're legendary always. But 
it's my job to throw you off your notes slightly. okay do why it why did you pick those three and not others of the myriad choices that were available? Uh, okay yes there's a myriad of them these are the three that are the predominant ones when you talk about calendars of course we're in the year 2020 and that is according to the gregorian calendar which we're going to talk about the history Way to go, of Greg. <laughs> Greg, awesome <laughs> calendar, man. Greg, you rock, man. The dog you picked for June, though, could have been a Boston Terrier instead of the Shih Tzu. <laughs> All right? That's that's the only recommendation that yeah, I Yeah, Greg make. was calling it in. The Hebrew calendar, well, that is the calendar of God's chosen people. Okay. So you have a calendar. The Gregorian calendar really applies more to us as believers who have been grafted in to Israel. In the modern in the modern age, age right? right? Okay. All right. The Hebrew calendar. Well, that one just keeps going on for the for the Hebrew people. It's a different system. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And then the Mayan calendar. I chose that one because there's been so much controversy and mystery over that. Hmm. But there is logos there that the talking heads and the lab coats have hidden that apply to where we're going and where we're at right now. I get that. I appreciate that because. Think about it in the the sovereignty of God right now in whatever epic that we're in, the Gregorian calendar is what the world follows. It right is now. the Hebrew calendar, the chosen people, the word, the Torah, the, the the word of God, the revelation, Christ Himself came out of that bud, right? It so did. so that's a big deal. And the Mayan calendar, almost to me, it kind of properly represents people that were purely in darkness that were able to observe and pretty much make the wrong choice. They were able to observe, made a lot of wrong choices, but they had lots of fragments of logos. Hmm. And they were very good. They had more than one calendar. The one that we're going to take a look at and talk about is the long count calendar, but they had several other ones. They had one for political cycles. They had one for agricultural cycles. They had people that their specific job and call in life was to keep time. They were timekeepers. Wow. It was very, very important to them to figure out where they were in this cosmos. Okay, I'm interested. You got All me right. hooked, man. So let's talk about the Gregorian calendar. As you know, if you haven't realized it yet, people, we are in the year 2020-2020, and a lot of you can't wait for it to get over soon enough. <laughs> and as we take a look at this, I hate to bear the bad news. It's not going to get any better. Uh, I hate I'm to say that. Here. All right. <laughs> Uh, Pope Gregory, as I said, the 13th was the one who initiated the Gregorian calendar. It came about in 1582. And it was based upon the Julian calendar developed by... Romans? Romans, Julius Caesar. The Gregorian calendar and the Julian calendar are both considered to be solar calendars based upon the Earth's rotation around the sun. Now... You can debate the cosmology, but that's as good as we've got right now. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go with and that. I don't think it would change much if somebody was on the other side and said the sun going around the earth. As ridiculous as that sounds, but No, um, because the solar calendar that Julian the the Julian solar calendar really has nothing to do with the sun that we see on the box of Raisin Brand. It has more to do with the star Sirius than it does the sun. Really? Yes. Yes. The Julian calendar was based off of the Egyptian calendar. Hmm. And the Egyptian calendar was based upon when the star known as Sirius, that's what the Greeks named it, which means the scorcher, or Sothos, which is what the Egyptians called it, means triangle, appeared in the sky. And it seemed to appear at the same time that the Nile River flooded every year. Hmm. So that's what they based, the Egyptians based their calendar off of, was the appearance of the star Sothos or Sirius, the dog star. Now, there's another term for the dog star. Why the dog star? It's in the Canis Major. Oh, yeah, okay. it's a Canis Major. Yeah, that, okay. that, I'm not a scientist. So a constellation. A constellation. Like, it's shaped like a dog or something. It's shaped like a dog. And that's where we get the term the dog days of summer from because that's when Sirius appears. Oh, I love it. In the sky. And here's what the Greeks and the Egyptians believed would happen when the star Sirius would appear. Of course, the Nile would flood. You would get lazy men, horny women, mad dogs, and intense, very quick thunderstorms. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm just I'm not going to interrupt. Keep keep that flow. Does that does that blow your mind yeah, or mad what? Mad dogs and horny women. Mad <laughs> dogs, horny women, and lazy men. But 
it was all based upon this sounds like 2020 it it does (laughs) it does but think of this let's blow some people's (laughs) perceptions for a minute this star the dog star was a huge deal in egypt and there have been some that have said that the sphinx is actually not a cat but a dog oh man so i can go Sup, dog. Sup, dog. (laughs) Now, as I was putting this together and going through all this, Mac, the metal dog, was just like, yes, it is a dog, and I love the dog star. Slight note, not to throw you off your linear progression, but the Uh Sphinx has got water damage on it. It does. From about 13,000 years ago. It's way older than what people think that it is, in my view. I I, I tend to agree. And you know that... Napoleon blew its nose off with his artillery. Yeah, yeah, they were doing like target practice. <laughs> target practice. Well, on it's, it's so different. Back then they were like, oh, pagan relics. Now we're like, that's fascinating. Don't yep. touch it. <laughs> so Gregory had to uh, fix the Julian calendar. There's a lot of math here, and I'm not going to bore everybody with math, but here's what the problem was. There, a lot of them are metal fans. They can handle They the can math. handle it. Okay, so I'm going to give a little bit of math. <laughs> The Julian calendar was off by about 0.0075 days. How they were able to calculate that, I have absolutely no idea. So this is what Pope Gregory did, is he shortened the Julian calendar by 0.0075 days. He advanced the calendar by 11 days and added leap years. That's how he made up for the aberrations in the calendar. You know what's funny? We're both affected by leap years almost. Yeah, we are, because that day is right in between your and my birthday. I know. Isn't that crazy? That is weird. Dude. It's destiny. <laughs> it's destiny. We were born <laughs> under the same star. <laughs> so here's what happened in 1587 when they introduced the Gregorian calendar. It came out on Thursday, October 4th, and then the next day was Friday, October 15th. Dude. Talk about getting your paycheck. <laughs> okay. You get it on the first and on the 15th. Double score, man. Oh, uh, somebody right drank too much and woke up with a hangover. And yeah. <laughs> like, how many days? Like, uh, 11 uh, days. 11 days. They're like, oh, I slept for man. 11 days. Not, uh, <laughs> not doing that again. I'm never, ever drinking. Another fun fact about the Gregorian calendar is it incorporates the ad or the anno domini system the year of our lord so basically when you take a look at the gregorian calendar it is based upon the time that jesus was on this earth Hmm. ad1 is believed to be the birth of christ and then we are in ad 2020 so there's about a four-year aberration that people have uh calculated with this that it's a little probably about four years off so yeah, we're looking at 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked the face of this earth, according to the AD, the Anno Domini calendar. So that's incorporated in the Gregorian calendar, and that's one of the reasons why I chose this calendar, because we are in Anno Domini, and we as believers live in Anno Domini. We live in the year of our Lord. Hmm. That's what that's what we do. Are you kind of uh, slightly offended or just kind of little, whenever like a scientist or someone goes out of their way to say BCE? It drives me absolutely nuts it, it when they do me. that. I'm always like, what are you, a pedophile? <laughs> like, I'm like, instantly, I think, what are you hiding, man, that you're so bothered by by the, the, the yeah. you know, Christ being the, the dividing line? Yeah. I get it if you're of another religion, you're like, hey, it's not fair, you know, but. <laughs> Give me a break. The, the majority of the world system is on that. Here's something to ponder. Our calendar, the. The Gregorian calendar that we are basing 2020 off of is based upon the Egyptian calendar when you go down and you break it all down. Egypt, a lot of times in scripture is referred to as the world, but it is a place that God has had a heart towards ever since the beginning of time. Hmm. Because when you take a look at when Jesus, Mary and Joseph left Israel in exile, when Herod was killing all the young children, where did they go to? Where was the safe place? Yeah, It was Egypt. The Hebrew people, they were held bondage in Egypt before God released them under the leadership of Moses. But you better believe that while they were there, there was a whole lot of logos that was left behind. When you take a look at this, there's something else that's very interesting. The Hebrew calendar is not generically just Hebrew. It has a very strong Babylonian influence in it as well. There's even 
some writings, some scholarly writings that say that the Hebrews really didn't fully understand the meaning of their alphabet and the numerology of their alphabet until they went to Babylon. That information was locked up. So all this information has been scattered abroad. And these exiles that they were in, yes, it was because they were disobedient to God, but in his mercy, he released to them wisdom. And Babylon, as we know, is another country that God has had a huge heart towards. That's where they were exiled to, and that exile was a double-edged sword. Yes, again, it was punishment for their disobedience to the Lord, but it was his evangelism program for Babylon. Well, as redeemed Gentiles, we get that, right? <laughs> totally. I, I'm like, I dig the fact that he was good to Egypt and good with Babylon, oh, at least yes. in a measure. You know what's interesting? It's like... It's almost because they were being motivated by the appetites of the flesh and the world. And the Bible says that, uh, what is it, that verse that talks about how the, uh, the children of the world are wiser than the children of light sometimes. So it's like they're just doing their thing. They're after power. They're after money. They're after all these different things. But with that, they didn't care to tear down or destroy certain very wise things of logos that stayed within their society. And then a society that's all about preaching, all about this, all about the word, sometimes they get corrupted and they will destroy and tear down the very heart of Logos that's within them. We see that in Christianity right now. Oh, we do. And you hear like Devin Townsend, or you hear somebody that doesn't profess the name of Christ, all of a sudden come off fresher and with an angle and with a beauty. And you're like, whoa, that's, that's grace. I, I feel more goosebumps about grace sometimes hearing a heathen give me their take on it than I do when some twangy preacher gets up behind the pulpit. Anyway. Well, remember all the temple vessels that were confiscated by the Babylonians were kept next to the idols. Huh, interesting. And Dagon fell when all that was brought there. So they still, they revered them even in their polytheism as sacred? Yes. Huh. Yes. Then this is good stuff, bro. It's good stuff. So let's talk about the Jewish calendar. Shalom, bro. <laughs> Jewish calendar is not a solar calendar. It is a lunar calendar. It is based upon the phases of the moon. Very interesting. And each new month is represented by, guess what? Something you would find in Babylonian culture. It is represented by a crescent moon. That is the beginning of a new month, according to the Jewish calendar. Interesting. According to the Jewish calendar, we are in the year 5780. As I said, it is not organically Hebrew. It was majorly influenced by Babylonian culture. I believe that the logos that was missing for the Jews at that time was locked up in Babylon, and that's one of the reasons why they had to go there. So each month is represented by a crescent moon, and I said that our Anno Domini calendar is based upon the year of our Lord, Jesus, Mm -hmm. on the face of the earth. Well, the Jewish calendar is not based upon that. It is an Anno Mundi calendar, which means based upon the year of the world. But more specifically, it is based upon the day that Adam was created, the Rosh, the head. And that's where we get the Jewish holiday that's coming up real soon, Rosh Hashanah. Hashanah. So the Jewish calendar is based upon the first Adam, and the Gregorian calendar is based upon the second, second Adam. Cool. All right. I'll tell you, this it's taking some time. And I do, the reason why I'm using slides here is because this is so complex and I don't want to miss uh, too many points with this. So, 2020. What does the two zero mean? I mentioned just a few minutes ago about the Hebrew numbers and the Hebrew letters. Each Hebrew letter is also corresponds to a number. This was something that many believe that the Hebrew people learned while they were in Babylon. And when you take a look at scripture, all of this corresponds. I didn't call Madam Cleo to get this information. So 2020, according to the Gregorian calendar, what does this mean for the world? What does it mean for the church? Of course, we've talked about 2020 vision. That is more from your secret societies. And yes, that is coming out. People are seeing things for what they really are. That is true. But the Hebrew letter for 20 is the Hebrew letter Kof. And it represents the hand or the palm of God. Hmm. The Kof can either go one of two ways. It can either be 
outstretch with the palm up or with the palm down. And both mean two different things according to Hebrew tradition. When the palm is upwards, it is God releasing all of his promises to those who who he's made promises to. When it is face down, he is covering sin. And we've talked a lot in this podcast over the past several weeks. Go ahead, Dan. 2020 seems a little bit like he backhanded <laughs> people. <laughs> well, that you you are correct. I'm always reading your notes. You are correct. Because all of this is based upon humility. If we humble ourselves, and we've heard a lot of preachers, and I appreciate what they're saying, that at this time... We need to humble ourselves. The church needs to humble itself. We talked about this in the divine patterns. If we humble ourselves, seek God's face and pray and repent, the turnout may be a whole lot different than the way things are going. Mm. God has always designed it that way. So everything is based upon humility on how how the hand is going to be. If you do not humble yourself, you will get the backhand of the palm. And that's what he promises in Scripture to the heathen. And we see examples of that. We're going to talk about a few examples of that. So the number 20 is also a number of cleansing and completion. You and I, we've experienced this a little bit this year where we had this time of some prosperity going on. And then all of a sudden it kind of seemed to stop a little bit. It's not God teasing us. It's God showing us still, hold on press through because the scripture talks a lot about endurance and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have felt the same thing too they've been seeking God there's been trickles of prosperity here and there there's been trickles of promises released but it's not been the fullness of it yet we're not there yet we still have to endure and we're gonna have to endure through some really bad things when you take a look at 20 especially when we go into into 21 as well 20 represents a complete and perfect waiting period. And as I said, I did not get this from Madam Cleo. I get this straight from the scripture. After 20 years of waiting, Jacob took possession of his wives and his property. He waited 20 years for that. 20 years, Israel waited to be freed from Jabin, the king of Canaan. They were liberated by Deborah and Barak. And then it took 20 total years for Solomon to complete both the temple and his house. So 20 years. Here's what I want our listeners to understand. 20 in Scripture is also the age of accountability to be counted among those worthy for war and for worship. 20 was the year, the age, when the wheat was separated from the chaff. You are worthy to worship and to fight. You are not. That was the delineation point was the year 20. So... As I said, and I want to reiterate this, 2020, the year where those who humble themselves will experience both the upward palm and the downward palm, the covering of sin. And we've seen this recently in the news. I don't want to get into too much detail about it, but we have seen some religious leaders be exposed for some very wicked things because they have not humbled themselves before the Lord. We have some. We have seen some churches that have closed that have not opened back up because they have not humbled themselves before the Lord. I have spoken to people that have not humbled themselves before the Lord and their lives have been very different than your life and my life. They're going through some very, very difficult times. And these difficult times are going to continue. You're going to receive the backhand of the Lord if you don't humble yourself. And this is going to take us to 2021 on the Gregorian calendar. And 2021 is very frightening to me, very frightening and also very exciting. The Hebrew letter that represents 21 is the Shin. That is the one that has the three flames on the top of it, the three yodes on the top, and it represents the perfect trinity. It also represents a crown because it looks like a crown. So after 20 years of perfect waiting, you get a crown. Scripture says a lot about crowns, doesn't it? And waiting and endurance. Here's the problem. 21 comes about when you add the numbers 8 and 13. 13, according to Scripture, is not a good number. 
That's where we get that from. That's where that folklore comes from. It is not a good number. So here's what you have. 13 represents rebellion and it represents sin. Eight represents new beginnings and new levels. So when you add an eight with a 13, you get a whole new level of wickedness, a whole new level of sin. And I think this year we're starting to see the precursors of that, what happens. The shin, it represents God's spirit. It is a triplet of sevens in scripture. So you're looking at an outpouring, you're looking at an increased presence of God's spirit. Well, when you take a look at scripture, when God's spirit shows up, one of two things happens. Those who are humble are exalted and those who are not get consumed by fire. And when you take a look at the shin, it looks like a flame. It looks like there's flames on it. So there's fire that's involved with that. Going back to the 21 in scripture, when you take a look at scripture, after Israel was released from Egypt, they had 21 total rebellious hissy fits in the wilderness. What becomes even more interesting is when you take a look in the New Testament, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, Paul wrote, This know also in the last days, here Paul is talking about the last days, perilous times will come, and then he lists a total of 21 sins, Mm. which is fascinating. These sins are the love of money, bragging, being proud of yourself, blaspheming, disregarding, and disobeying your parents, not being thankful for what you have, rejecting the holy, not having natural affection, being uncompromising, falsely accusing others, lacking any self-control whatsoever, being fierce, hating anyone who does good, betraying others, hard-headedness, selfish views, love of pleasure, reject the loving God, and will not see godliness as something from the inside, but they will see it as something that is just outward, an outward form of holiness, and they will deny God's power. And Paul's advice to Timothy after listening after listening these sins is turn away from all of them. That's a perfect description of the world around us. Isn't it? I mean, if, if I go into a Twitter or go into Facebook, or in five seconds, I'm greeted with that. All of it. That is our culture. That is our culture. That's where we are. We are in perilous times with 21 sins. The narcissism, the hatred, the... Uh, love of pleasure the god is not even a like a thought like in the background he's just not even there no he's not interesting he's not that's where we're at that's where we're going and i'm saying this because i'm hearing this from some other credible bible teachers as well it's lining up with everything that i've been studying i've studied this first and then i wouldn't say by chance there's one of them right now no I wouldn't because there is no such thing as chance. I'll be listening to different things and they will all be saying the same things and it resonates within me because I'm like, oh yeah, I was studying that in scripture just the other day. I was seeing that in the numbers. And again, as I said, every one of this, every one of these things, the 21s, the 20s, you can all find it and it's substantiated by scripture, not by Madame Cleo. We are not going off into occultism. We are just simply seeing the mysteries of the scripture and god has it all in there there is nothing new as we've said before there is absolutely nothing new under the sun whatsoever and as i was saying just a few moments ago about israel's blessing of being released from egypt and egypt's judgment that happened on the 21st day of the month of nisan on the hebrew calendar the 21st day was when e- when Israel left Egypt and Egypt was decimated in the Red Sea. They received judgment because they did not humble themselves before the Lord. What happened to, to Pharaoh's heart? It hardened. hardened. Yeah. So it says that the Lord did it. Yes. Yes, and the Lord is hardening hearts. Even today. He still he still does that. So Egypt went from its 20 um is yeah, Egypt went from a 20 to a 21 and so did Israel go from a 20 to 21 because Egypt had Israel there. They had the word there. They had the logos there through the Hebrew people. And they they ignored it totally. This one I find very interesting. There's lots of Jewish feasts, most of them the significant ones, the really significant ones occur in the fall. You have Rosh Hashanah, you have Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. And you also have the Feast of Tabernacles. 
I never really paid too much attention to the Feast of Tabernacles until I started to take a look at the number of 21. Each of these Jewish feasts, and I did not know, I did not know this until I studied this just a few days ago, each of the Jewish feasts outlines God's plan of redemption through Jesus. Not only that, but it outlines the unfolding of the end times. I don't want to get too deep into that right now. I just want to focus on the Feast of Tabernacles. Feast of Tabernacles represents that time where God dwells among us. Well, we had that when Jesus came in the form of flesh, when God came as man, which is a mystery still. I can't figure that one out. That's just one of those that you have to believe. And he tabernacled among us. Well, that's going to happen again when the thousand-year reign starts. And the Feast of Tabernacles is a picture type or a foreshadowing of the thousand-year reign when Jesus comes to rule among all of the nations. That's when we will have true justice. That's when we will have peace. That's when we will have harmony. But there's something else that happens during that thousand-year reign. Satan is bound. He is no longer allowed to roam the face of the earth until the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the 21st day, Satan is released to stir men's hearts in rebellion against God so that Jesus can separate the wheat from the chaff. Wow. (laughs) It's always that question of why. You know, uh, why does God allow evil? Why did he allow the original temptation of Lucifer? Why did he do this? But you clearly see, or at least I kind of feel it now, is that it is about this higher thing, about this juxtaposition of the glory of God versus evil. Yeah. And and you get to see, and he allows people that have been in good times, Jesus on the throne, David helping him out, right? All this stuff, millennial reign, and then he looses that rascal again. And that's got to be about us and about God, about him going, no, you're going to be my children. You're going to see the difference between me and between that. Right. There's a lot of mysteries about the millennial reign that I don't quite grasp completely. Yes, one-third of the world's population will be wiped out during the Great Tribulation, but there will still be human beings on Earth during the millennial reign. It's just not going to be renewed people with a new body and a, and a new heart, uh, regenerate people. It's not just going to be angels. There will be humanity as we know it. Mm. And all will obey the Lord. All will bow at his feet. All of the nations will come and pay, pay tribute to him during that Feast of Tabernacles that lasts for a thousand years. Mm. And the Feast of Tabernacles always ends on the 21st day of the Jewish month of Tishri. So when you take a look at the year 21, and again, we're talking about the Gregorian calendar. When you take a look at 21, you're looking at two things. You're looking at a crowning for those that are humble. You're looking at a complete fulfillment of promise for those that are humble. You're looking at God's spirit dwelling among those who are humble. But then on the converse side, for those who do not humble themselves, and step away from those 21 sins that are listed in 2 Timothy chapter 3, you're looking at fire and you're looking at judgment. And that's scripture. You can go back in scripture and see all the examples of this. This is not a dream that I had. This is not a vision that I had. It is all laid out in scripture as to the way that God works. With prophetic dreams, there's a lot of people that are receiving prophetic dreams right now and they are there's a good number of them that are spot on because I can go back and I can take a look in scripture and see where that has happened before in scripture. It's just in a different context. They are not rewriting scripture. They're not writing a new scripture. They are basically seeing things in the context of where we're not, where we're at now in relation to the template of God and the way that things work in the matrix, so to speak. They're, is teaching, and I had to verify this, and I went and I did, and I was amazed when I saw it, that each of the Psalms, they have a number, and those Psalms can tell you pretty much what that year is going to be like based upon that number. So being 2020, I went to Psalm number 
20 to see what was in there. And this is what it said. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. Yeah, we're here. We're in the day of trouble. (laughs) I'm surprised it doesn't just say murder hornet. Murder hornets, UFOs, uh, earthquakes, two hurricanes hitting the Gulf, whatever. Pestilence. Pestilence, COVID-19. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob. Oh boy, here we are in Psalm 20 and we're referring to the God of Jacob. Well, it's also the God of David, Abraham and Isaac. But why Jacob specifically? Because Jacob waited 20 years, that perfect waiting period for the release of his wealth and his wives. Send thee help from the sanctuary. I say this every day now. (laughs) Help. And strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. So here David is saying, Lord, what you've promised, please release it. Please release. He's he's asking in humility. humility. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Not like, okay, God, I just used the magic words out of scripture here. And, oh, look at all that. I And look at this in verse three. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. You felt this way. I felt this way. It's like, okay, we did all these things for the Lord, not to make ourselves famous, not to make ourselves popular, but because we did it because we wanted to. It was in our heart. And then all of a sudden we're... It may have been off, but we meant it sincerely. We meant it seriously. Exactly. (laughs) And well, David was the same way. There were a lot of things that he did that were in his heart. He meant it sincerely, but wasn't quite right. But we go through that. We do those things. And it's like, okay, how come I'm struggling? How come I'm going through these things? Well, God hasn't forgotten those things that you've done with your heart towards him. He's just waiting to release. He's waiting. He's sifting you. He's sifting me. He's sifting our listeners to see if they're going to endure. Endure as a, endure hardship as a good soldier. You don't get to the 21. You don't get to the crown until you endure. You don't win the crown in the Olympics. You don't win the medal in the Olympics until you run the race. This is not sit back easy Christianity of, oh yeah, I'm just going to go to church on Sunday and just kind of float through life and read my Bible in the morning and say a few prayers. No, there's an endurance, especially if you humble yourself before the Lord. Because even when you humble yourself, you still have to deal with your flesh and you still have to deal with the devil. But God does promise that he is going to fulfill his counsel. And this should be the prayer of everybody that's listening right now is grant to thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. It gets even better. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. And there we have a thunderstorm right behind us. Couldn't uh, plan that any better. Here we go. We have shaking in Psalm 20. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God they are brought down, referring to the chariots and the horses. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. A chariot back then was the equivalent of an army tank today. The strength of a chariot. As a matter of fact, that's where the idea of a tank came from, was from the, from the chariots. So here we have in Psalm 20, the shaking of all these things. And in the midst of this shaking, David is humbly asking the Lord for the release of all the things that God has promised. God is not teasing you. God has not teased you. He has not teased us. He is just wanting us to endure. Do we believe him? Do we have faith in what he said? Do we really believe him? Because our our flesh is weak. It is completely weak. A lot of things slip. We forget the promises of God. We get frustrated very easily. He wants to test us and refine our faith. So for us right now, for me personally, it feels like a refining of faith going on right now in my own personal life. So then we go to Psalm 21, moving into 2021 on the Gregorian calendar. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desire and has not withholden the request of his lips. So in Psalm 20, 2020, David humbled himself, asked for those petitions, and in 2021, 
God released them. In the midst of evil. In the midst of evil, yes. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown. There you go. The shin, the 21, is a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gavest him even length of days forever and ever. And this is the first part of the psalm. You think that's uh, referring a little bit to the millennial reign as well? Yes. Because David is in that. Yes. The... Are we going to see the millennial reign in 2021? I don't know. And I wouldn't go in that far. But, but I will, I'm glad you did. Because I wanted to say this, and this was stirring in my heart as I was working on this, that any of the blessings that we receive in this life in 2021, end of 2020, pale in comparison to the full fulfillment during the millennial reign. Absolutely. And what we're referring to for our listeners, that David will be the earthly potentate a representative of Christ in the New Jerusalem for a thousand years. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Yes. So we go to the second part of Psalm 21, where it doesn't turn out so good for those who do not humble themselves. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those who hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. For they intended evil against thee. And that's really what I see going on right now, is people intending evil against the Lord. Let's throw him off the throne. We will rule. We will prevail. We will execute judgment and justice. We will do all of these things. We don't need God. As a matter of fact, I brought it up a few months ago. One of the hashtag Twitters uh, was dethrone God, hashtag dethrone God. Mm. And that's where people are at. They are making themselves gods. They put themselves in the position of God. They worship other gods other than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But at verse 11, for they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device. And guess what? Which they are not able to perform. Because you know what? God sits up there and laughs at him. Who do you think you are? You will not dethrone me. But it's a bad day for them. So here's what we have in summary. 2020, the hand or the palm of God covering sin and releasing what he desires to give his people. 2021, we see an increased presence of the Lord among his people while all hell continues to break loose because of a new level of sin. So for our listeners, I want you to hold on. I want you to brace yourselves. I want you to endure. All of this that's going on right now is not just going to pass when the calendar, when the Gregorian calendar turns. It's not just going to go away on January 1st. It's not just going to go away after an election in November. I don't know when it's going to stop, when the turmoil is going to stop, but I do know this, and I believe the Lord spoke this very clearly to me. It will end when he desires it to end. It's all his calling. And when you take a look in Scripture, with everything going on, what Isaiah saw when Uzziah died, the king, Isaiah saw God still on the throne. And everything that is going on right now is by God's design. There is good in it. There is good in it for his people. And there is good in it for us. So we are on the precipice right now. I really believe this, that we are about to see a whole new level of evil released upon the earth as we move closer to 2021 and move into 2021. But at the same time, we will simultaneously see an increase of the outpouring of God's presence and power on his people and the blessing of his people in the midst of turmoil. We've been lied to. We have been lied to theologically that when God outpours his Holy Spirit upon his people and his presence increases, that life is going to be roses. The reason for that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we are going to need it to endure what is coming next. I really believe that. And when you take a look at the Hebrew calendar of 5780 and 5781, 
and you take a look at what the Mayan calendar really was predicting when it ended, and we're going to save that for next week, it corresponds with everything that I just said, and it concerns me greatly. But at the same time, I get excited because we are going to sense the presence of the Lord and experience the presence of the Lord in a way that we've never imagined before. That is what I believe. I could be could be wrong, but this is based upon what I've read in Scripture, what I've studied, and we can go right back to Scripture and see those numbers. Again, as I said, it's not Madam Cleo that told me this. No, but there are obviously patterns there are and patterns. numbers exactly. and things that God put in there, just like we can track the constellations and look at different things. You know what verse came to my mind, Glenn, when you were talking? This is powerful stuff. appreciate your research. Um what is the verse in the New Testament about where your treasure and the heart there, that there your treasure will be there also? Your treasure will be also. Yes, yes. It's oh, interesting. For me, it's really kind of been different. I've been changing since walking out of the spiritual desert. You've been changing. For me, <clears throat> I am looking more and more forward to the hereafter than I am the current. I am desiring more and more to be in the presence of Christ than anything else Mm. and being with him and and studying his word and and praying and experiencing his presence. It's been a change. It's been from a glory to glory as, as we've started doing this again. And really that change of heart, when you take a look what's out there, it's stressful. Mm -hmm. You take a look at social media, it will stress you out because you're dealing with all of those 21 sins being thrown in your face at once. Mm -hmm. The fierceness, the arrogance, the hatred towards authority, the hatred of God. I mean, Satan is not being subtle right now. He's being very obvious. And it's like, how can people not see what is going on? It's because they're blind to it. Mm -hmm. We see it and it's grieving. And when you see that, it makes you long more for the return of Christ. It's kind of like it's kind of like a paradigm of the seen and the unseen. For example, if if the Lord moves in great judgment and breaks the staff of bread and and cripples the economy for a season, or does and I'm not saying that he's going to do all that. I don't know. I've talked about a depression. I've talked about that. I don't know. But if he does it, if your heart is not there, obviously you would endure inconvenience. You would endure struggle, pain, but at the same time, if he times a hundred your presence of him, you would take that all day long. You would rather be in that dank dungeon of hardship, but with the illuminated presence, his manifest presence in you. And I'm not being like sensual. I'm talking about if you've ever really experienced God just cleansing you, just just moving upon you, refreshing you. When you're at your weakest, when you've made the biggest blunders you could possibly make, when you're in that humility and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm destitute. And then he shows up, he's like, no, I'm right here. And then he moves upon you in that way. It'll blow your mind, but it's like, oh, this is treasure indeed. And if you are in that list of 21 and that's just where you live you're unredeemed you're just all about yourself god's not even in the picture right um then that's everything to you you're the number of hits you have on instagram the um the amount of people that uh look at you or think you're big important driving around your expensive car or look at your new selfie or whatever you got going on that's everything to you that's where your heart is at even on that that precipice of emptiness, there's yeah. nothing there, no, right? Absolutely. And then nothing. when that gets overturned, when God smashes it like a potter's vessel, just crack, right? Then the ones that are simultaneously refreshed by the presence of the Lord, saying it's okay, I got you, they got everything, and they could be in a completely upside down world and be kind of like walking around like like Paul. Yep. Everything's going crazy. Yeah. You know, everybody would look at his ministry and think like, what a loser. What a failure that was. Everybody left him. What a, (laughs) you know, what a nerd mumbling about all this. Come on, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But he was like, I am so blessed. 
That's yeah. pretty wild. Thank you, Glenn. This and is very, very. I know this is just the first of like what two or three. Two, like going to two. two. Yeah, we're going to take a look at the mysteries of the Mayan and the Hebrew calendar. Deep stuff. next week. And you know what? If for our listeners, hold on. If this seems tedious or weird to you, you got to understand there are patterns about the different numbers that God used. It's very consistent. And certain people like Glenn have a pattern recognition and a brain that can go down these little rabbit holes. And he puts it out there going like, hey, this looks like this is flowing in this direction. It's about logos. Do you not feel it? Do you not feel even what Glenn's saying that, yeah, this is getting very, very dark. Things you're experiencing and seeing headlines around the world right now, you wouldn't have dreamed of 10 10 years ago. No. And now it's like on a daily basis, like what used to look like just normal family logos is now extremism. Mm-hmm. And you're you're looked as an enemy of the state if you're like, well, I love my kids. And, and I love Jesus. And I love Jesus. They're like, oh, you, <laughs> you're evil. You're evil. <laughs> you know, so it's definitely sweet for bitter, bitter for sweet, good for evil, yeah. evil for good. So, And really what I'm doing here is I am, Mac, the thunderstorm is really bothering him right now. That was me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the calling that I have... There is an element of prophecy and prophetic in it, but my calling is a watchman. My gifting is to see things, to see patterns, and help put it together so that people understand where we're at, if the enemy is at the gate, where the Spirit of God is moving. And the ministry of a watchman works hand-in-hand with that of a prophet. Hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. So... The pattern recognition and everything like that, that is all part of being a a watchman for the Lord. And I want to go back to something you just said a second ago about being in the presence of the Lord. It's like, hey, let's just stay here. I don't want to go anywhere else. Hmm. Peter experienced that when Christ was transfigured. And he's like, hey, I don't want to leave. Let's start building tents right now. Let's start building tabernacles. And he wanted to get to that millennial reign he wanted to get to that tabernacling right there when Christ was transfigured. Huh. But Jesus is like, nope, sorry, dude. Go back out there, sport, and deal with the world. Isn't it funny? We we jump to the conclusion, I guess, that we're more central than what we think we are. Or that when, when, when God is speaking out of eternity, and he's got this macrocosmic viewpoint of everything that's going on, right? And then we're right there. So when he says that, yeah, the seed of the woman will crush the seed of the the, the head of the serpent, right? Then they they think it's Cain. <laughs> yeah, know, they're like, yeah. my baby, it's going to be Cain. And we're so temporal in our outlook, we, and we don't get it that in his sovereignty, he's the ancient of days, man. He lays out these things, and it's like this is so much bigger than we are. You know, yeah. it's so much bigger than what's going on. So yeah. uh, very edified, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you we research. will be back next week, and we're going to take a look at the mysteries of the Hebrew calendar and the Mayan calendar. If anybody has any questions, you can reach out to us at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y at gmail.com. Check out our website at lithoscry.com. Peace out and rock on, people. Later, again. Lithoscry.com. Get real. We'll be soon back. <laughs> <laughs>